Well, let's all turn in our Bibles this morning to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And I'd love for all of you to read along with us this morning. We have Bibles available under the seat in front of you. Hopefully there's one close to you and you can pull that out. And that's page 1,382 if you're using one of those Bibles. Hebrews chapter 11, we'll begin in verse 32. So Lord, now as we turn our attention to your word, we're so grateful for it. Oh, how your word encourages us. And I'm so appreciative of the fact that your word is honest. It shoots straight with us. The reality of difficulties. Lord, we thank you that you're with us. You never leave us or forsake us. Lord, just... Greatly encourage the hearts of your people this morning, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. This chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, is such an encouraging chapter for us as Christians. I mean, this is the hall of faith. This is the stuff of legends, the legendary stories of faith. And this chapter so clearly shows... That through faith, God does amazing things, utterly amazing things in and through his people. Our faith in God empowers us in every season of life. All the stories of victory that are included in this chapter, we've touched on several. We looked at the story of Abel and Enoch and Noah and his ark and the flood and Abraham and Sarah and Moses and the plagues upon Egypt, the miraculous crossing of the Red Sea, Joshua and the walls around Jericho. And last week, we studied the amazing story of Rahab. Oh, what God can do through faith. There are some other legends of the faith from different eras of Old Testament history that are briefly mentioned as this passage concludes. Look at verse 32. He says, And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith Subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. What amazing stories of what God does through his people. He mentions four 
men by name who are from the era of the judges. Gideon, the judge, what a story. He went up against a Midianite army that numbered 135,000 troops. At God's direction, Gideon's army is reduced from 32,000 to 10,000 to 300 men. You remember the story. He's outnumbered 450 to one. Yet, those 300 men, armed with trumpets and pitchers that had torches concealed within it, routed the Midianites. This judge named Barak, he went up against the army of Sisera with its 900 chariots of iron and myriads of troops. And he went with only 10,000 men drawn from only two of the 12 tribes. And by faith, he routed that great army. Samson, the judge, the big bully man, right? Whenever I think of Samson, I think of Arnold Schwarzenegger (laughs) in his early roles as Conan when he had the long hair. Samson, think of what God did through that man. He was such a nuisance to the Philistines. Killed 1,000 Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. Carried away the gates of the city of Gaza on his shoulders. And then that supreme act of sacrifice, killing, taking his own life, taking down the temple of Dagon and destroying so many of the Philistines on that time. Just incredible feats through faith. Jephthah is mentioned, another judge. This guy was a renegade. This guy was like the Hebrew Robin Hood. He was out on his own. And yet God used him in a mighty way through faith to deliver Israel from the Ammonites. David is mentioned from the era of the monarchy. King David, what a legend, right? His battle over Goliath. The way he endured through like 10, 15 years of being chased around the wilderness by King Saul, running for his life. His ascension to the throne, uniting the nation of Israel, the military battles that David led the nation in, and so much victory by faith. Samuel is mentioned, the last judge, the first prophet of the nation of Israel. By faith, that man single-handedly delivered the entire nation from a corrupt priesthood, and a nation that was absolutely void of godly leadership. Oh, what God did through Samuel. Then we have the prophets that are mentioned. All the Old Testament prophets, the writing prophets like Jeremiah and Isaiah, the incredible prophets like Elijah and Elisha, and you think of the miracles that God did through them. By faith, And then you think of guys like Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego and how God used them so mightily. You know, through faith, those folks 
subdued kingdoms, as it said. They became valiant in battle. All those judges, by the power of God through faith, won those victories. The kings that won the victories. I think of even the prophets. I think of the story of Elijah and that showdown, the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, calling down fire from heaven by faith. By faith, these guys escaped the edge of the sword. So many times they were rescued. David rescued, escaped Saul's malicious attacks. Elijah the prophet escaped the murderous hatred of Queen Jezebel. Elisha escaped from the king of Syria. Through faith, as it says, they worked righteousness. The prophets, the kings, implementing righteousness in a nation that had turned its back. Through faith, they obtained promises. God made promises to them. Great covenants. And they saw answers. It says, by faith, verse 33, they stopped the mouths of lions. Samson killed a lion with his bare hands. David protected the sheep as a little shepherd boy, as a teenager, from bears and lions. And then I think of the story of Daniel. You remember? The law was put on the books. Not allowed to pray. What does Daniel do? Well, he prayed right in front of everyone as usual. And he spent the night in the lion's den. And God rescued him from the mouths of the lions. It says, by faith, faith, verse 34, they quenched the violence of fire. Now that one makes me think of the wonderful story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You remember that story in Daniel chapter 3. King Nebuchadnezzar makes this big golden image, commands that when the music begins, everybody's to bow before that image. You remember the story? And everyone bows except for those three Hebrews. The king is told, he's furious. They're brought in before him. Nebuchadnezzar says, you will bow before that image. When the music starts. And they said, no, we won't. We won't do it. If you don't, then we're going to throw you in the furnace. We won't bow. Nebuchadnezzar is so mad, he turns the furnace up seven times hotter. Binds those three young men. And throws them in the furnace, which has become so hot that it kills the people that threw them into the furnace. And you remember the story. Nebuchadnezzar looks in and he sees three, not just three, four walking around in the furnace. The Lord Jesus Christ, I believe, was with them. They were delivered. They come out. Their hair isn't even singed. There's no smell of barbecue on them. None of their clothes have burned. What God can do through faith. He even says there in verse 35, women received their dead, raised to life 
again. A widow named Zarephath in the Old Testament lost her only son. Elijah the prophet by faith raised him from the dead. Another Shunammite woman lost her son. Elisha the prophet raised him from the dead by faith. God does amazing things through faith. These are incredible stories. These are incredible stories of deliverance, rescue, miracles, victory. And that should encourage you, my brother and sister in Christ. Nothing's too hard for God. Amen? And by faith, he can do things that will absolutely blow your mind. Okay, but look, as we continue to read. Look in the middle of verse 35. Others were tortured. What? Tortured. Not accepting deliverance that they may obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings. Yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. Tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. Whoa. Wait a minute. That doesn't sound like fun. That doesn't sound like deliverance. That doesn't sound like rescue stories. Do you mean to tell me that many of God's men and women in the Old Testament suffered? Went through incredibly difficult times? Yeah, many of them. Many of God's people in the Old Testament were tortured. Now this is a brutal word from the ancient Greek language. It's the word tumpanizo. It comes from tumpanon in the Greek, which means drum. Now, what do you do with the drum? You hit it with sticks. This Greek word came to be used of an instrument of torture, like the racks. Or you're laid out on this wooden frame and you're pulled and you're dismembered. And you're beaten to death. Some of God's people were tortured to death. Some were, as it says in verse 36, had trial of scourgings. They were whipped to death. Some were stoned. Verse 37. Now stoning, just think about that method of execution being pelted over and over with large, jagged rocks. According to tradition, Jeremiah the prophet was stoned to death by fellow Jews who didn't like what he was saying. At the end of his life, 
Zechariah, a priest, was stoned to death between the altar and the temple. Naboth was stoned to death by Jezebel's henchmen. Some were sawn in two. Very credible and reliable tradition tells us that that's how Isaiah the prophet died. He was sawn in two. Doesn't sound like victory. Some were slain with the sword, as it says in verse 37. Eighty-five priests were murdered by Doeg. Hundreds of prophets were murdered by Jezebel's henchmen in the days of Elijah. Elijah escaped the sword, but a lot of the other prophets didn't. They were murdered. Some experienced trial of Mocking. Some experienced sham trials. Some were imprisoned. Some of God's people lived and died in utter destitution. It says some roamed around in sheepskins and goatskins, and they lived in dens and mountains and holes. So you look at these examples and you think, why are they in the Hall of Fame? Isn't this the B team? Is this the losing section? And I would submit to you that the writers saved the best for last. I would submit to you that these are the greatest legends of faith in the history of Israel. In fact, the Lord says of them in verse 38, the world was not worthy of them. See, gang, listen. These guys, you know what their faith did for them? Their faith enabled them to endure pain. To hold up under the pressure. I'll tell you what, I'm actually really glad this chapter ends on this note. Because we need to know that faith will help us in the time of trouble. Extreme trouble. And I will tell you right now, I know a lot of Christians right now who are suffering and they're going through the crucible of pain. Some have just enough faith to make it through another day. And you know what? That's strong faith. That's powerful faith. So in this chapter and in this closing section, we see these two really, really powerful results of faith in the life of one of God's people. Faith, through faith, you can overcome incredible circumstances. God can do amazing things. But faith will also enable you to hold up under Incredibly difficult circumstances. Faith can so many times calm the raging storm, but your faith will also calm you 
in the midst of the storm that continues to rage. And both are needed. Both are necessary. We need them both. Because we live in a fallen world. And there will be good times. And there will be bad times. Now I personally believe that these champions of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. They're here because they had that faith. They had that constant rock solid faith in the good times and in the hard times. They became men and women of faith like that. You know, I mentioned the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and that's an incredible story. You know, when Nebuchadnezzar said, we're going to throw you in the fire if you don't bow. Let me read to you what these young men responded back to King Nebuchadnezzar. They said, well, if that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. So you got three men there, ready for either, ready to burn to death for God. Or be delivered. You need both. And really if you look at the lives. If you go back into the Old Testament. And you study the full lives of the guys and gals that are mentioned in this text. They all saw great moments of victory. And they all went through the crucible of pain. All of them. David had his moments, great moments of victory. But you don't forget, for like, I don't know, 12 to 15 years, he was homeless, running around, running away from a crazy king named Saul. And he held up. You know, I think many of, of, of the folks that are mentioned in these last verses, the ones that died such awful deaths, You know, you look at their lives, and they had peaks, and they had valleys. Isaiah was a man of God used in mighty ways, saw great victories in his life by faith. But then look how he gave his life. Faith strengthens you for both. And we need both. These guys, these gals, they had both. And they lived at a time where they didn't even have all the answers. I mean, you look at verse 39. It says, all these having obtained a good testimony through faith did not receive the promise. God having provided something better for us in the New Testament, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. So I want you, that makes their faith even more amazing. They lived in the Old Testament. They lived on the other side of the cross. They were all invested in looking forward to the Messiah, the King that would come. Jesus didn't come in their lifetime. Their information was limited. Oh, on this side of the cross, we have so much more information, don't we? 
You know, in the New Testament, we even have a clearer vision of what heaven is than they did in the Old Testament. And yet, despite all of that, these guys and gals had that faith. They became strong in faith. And one of the most beautiful things about this chapter, and as you study the lives of God's men and women in the Old Testament, is remember that they, they were normal. They were flesh and blood. They were just like you and I. They had weaknesses. They had issues. I mean, <laughs> Gideon, he was actually a scaredy cat. He was not a courageous man. You know when you find Gideon? In the book of Judges, he's threshing wheat in a wine press. Now, you're supposed to thresh wheat way up high into the wind. He's in a pit because he's afraid of the Midianites. God says, I want you to go up against the Midianites. And remember, Gideon's the guy that says, well, show me a sign. I'm going to put this fleece out. And in the morning, if it's wet and all the ground is dry, I'll know it. God does it. Gideon says, I'm still not convinced. This time I'm going to put the fleece out. And the ground needs to be wet and it needs to be dry. And God does it. This man had very little faith to begin with. Barak seems real courageous and valiant. You know who the real courageous one and valiant one was behind Barak? The woman named Deborah. The judges called Deborah. In fact, Barak said to Deborah, I'm not going to go unless you go with me. Samson, can we believe he's even in Hebrews chapter 11? Have you read his story? The things that he got in trouble with. His sin with Delilah. Jephthah, you go back and you read his story. Now, he had a mom and dad, and his parents had children, sons and daughters. He was the only member of the family that was the product of his father and a harlot. So he was an illegitimate kid. And he was ostracized by the rest of the family. And he was thrown out. And he lived in the streets. He lived in the gangs. He lived in the slums. He wasn't perfect. But God grabbed him. You look at David's life. Was he perfect? No. He committed great sin. And he came from a tough child. He was the youngest of a bunch of sons. He wasn't even noticed at home. Moses. Moses blew it. Moses sinned so bad that he wasn't allowed to go into the promised land. Abraham. You go back and you investigate all the lives of these great men and women of faith. And you find out that they were real flesh and blood just like you. Came from sordid background. Think of Rahab. We just studied Rahab last, last week. What she came out of. And see, 
what God does is he takes people in their raw, utterly raw state. Saves them. And gives them tremendous faith so that he can do tremendous things through their lives. And give them tremendous faith in every season of life. My brother and sister in Christ, we need that faith, don't we? And you can have that faith. Some of you think, well, I've got to get it all together before I become a Christian. No, you just need to come to God the way you are. With all your mistakes, with all your failures, with all your weaknesses, with maybe a terrible childhood, maybe terrible experiences. You just bring all of that to God. You go to the Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross for your sins and you put your faith and you put your trust in him. He saves you. He forgives you. He makes you a son, a daughter in his family. And he begins to do spectacular things in and through your life by faith. You know, question. Why doesn't God just always give us victory? Wouldn't that be cool if we always saw the walls around Jericho fall? Why can't we just go from victory to victory? Why? Why? That'd be easy, wouldn't it? But why are there these hard times along with the good times? Well, I got to tell you, I don't know, man. God has many answers, many mysteries, many ways of thinking. But I do know this. The Lord is with you, thick and thin, through everything. And I do know this. If you're a Christian, ultimate deliverance is coming, right? And I do know this. God is always interested in expanding his kingdom. And there are a lot of people who will come into his kingdom through the suffering of his people. You know, there are, there are many people that watch the way we men of faith suffer. And it can be, have such an amazing impact on people. You know, Stephen, in Acts chapter 7, was just a young, awesome, godly man. And he stands up and he's preaching before the crowd. And you remember what happens. They stone him to death. He becomes the first martyr of the Christian church. And you look at that and you go, how utterly tragic. And yet, long term, we find out that before he was stoned to death, his clothes were taken off and laid at the feet of a rabbi by the name of Saul of Tarsus. Who, as you know, would later become Paul the Apostle. And it's very clear from scripture that the martyrdom of Stephen had a profound impact on Paul. He saw the way that man died. And so Paul got saved and he went into the ministry. And you talk about some highs and lows there. Everywhere Paul went, there was revival and riot at the same time in the same city. He experienced all, and 
you know, ultimately he paid the price. He was martyred. God gave him faith to endure. Faith to see amazing things happen in and through him. God uses it. This last Wednesday morning, I got the news that a wonderful pastor friend of mine named Robert Hall died of brain cancer. He went through a very difficult, hard, quick time. Robert Hall was the pastor at Calvary Chapel Rio Rancho for 30 plus years. He holds a very special place in my heart. My first Sunday morning pulpit experience happened at Calvary Chapel, Rio Rancho. Robert Hall gave me my first opportunity to preach on a Sunday morning. That man will always hold a very special heart, place in my heart. And 30 plus years of serving God and all of the different lives that he, that he changed. As a beautiful wife named Juanita, faithful woman of God, stood by his side, used in a mighty way. Someone real close to the family said that in the crucible of Robert's suffering, he spoke these truly amazing words to his wonderful wife, Juanita. Well, honey, we've taught the church how to live for Jesus. Now let's show the church how to die for Jesus. And he died in victory. And God gave him that faith right then and there. With our faith, we live for Jesus Christ. And we see him do amazing things in and through our lives. And with our faith, we endure. Do you have that faith? Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. I'd like you to think hard some of you are going right through some tough times some of you are, are, have family members that right now are in the hospital some of you are, are dealing with things like you can't even believe they don't make any sense Faith will get you through. Do you have faith? Have you met the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you become a son or daughter in the family of God? beautiful message of the gospel is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life talk about someone who suffered the Lord Jesus Christ suffered on that cross for the sins of the world so that our sins could be forgiven And if you place your faith and trust in him, your sins will be forgiven. You'll become a member of the family of God. And the Lord Jesus Christ will never leave your side. 
He'll be with you through every season of life. And he'll use your life in an amazing way. Have you received him? I want you to have an opportunity right now to do so if you have not. This is in the quietness of your heart. You cry out to God right now and say, Lord, I want to be a part of your family. Save me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Be my Lord, be my Savior, and help me to live by faith. Help me to follow you. And help me, Lord, to be an example to others. Jesus' name. Let's stand.